Welcome to the Transcending CRM Podcast, a show where we explore how the Salesforce ecosystem has impacted the careers of fellow trailblazers and the businesses that have leveraged dynamic growth from the platform. This podcast is brought to you by Silverline. Silverline is a Salesforce digital transformation consultancy headquartered in New York City, specializing in financial services, media and entertainment, and healthcare industries. I'm your host, JP Owens, Managing Director of Banking and Lending at Silverline, along with my co-host, Elliot Spence, Solution Architect at Silverline. Today, we are joined by Mark Jondu, who is the Chief Digital Officer at Amarant Bank. Mark and Elliot and I have actually had the pleasure of working together a little bit over the last year or two. Um, Mark, do you mind jumping in and giving everybody a quick overview of who you are and what you're doing? Hey, thanks, JP. I'm Chief Digital Officer at Amarant Bank, and yes, definitely have had the pleasure of working with you two in the past at Silverline, and that was a great ride, so thanks for all those memories. Currently, we're doing a digital transformation at Amaranth to you know, better serve clients and uh, better service them as well. So Chief Digital Officer at Amaranth Bank, digital transformation, a little bit of consulting. Beyond the work, Mark, uh, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? So where, where are you from and kind of how did you get started in the Salesforce platform? Yeah, sure. I'm from Miami, Florida. It's still here. The Emirate headquarters is, is based out of uh, Miami as well. I like to work out. I actually just started salsa classes, so dancing is becoming a part of the repertoire now. I'm also an avid Formula One fan. We'll have to come back to the salsa dancing later. I, I'm going to have to see footage of this at some point, but that, that's awesome. Yeah, it's- yeah, I don't know if there's a way we can work in some video of that into the podcast, but you know, in the future, that might be something we have to dive into. So the, like the salsa okay. dancing is definitely not what, you know, sparked your passion for Salesforce and really got you really involved in the platform. And everybody's transition into it's a little more unique than others. Like our first project, we had an essay who I currently work with now a lot, but he introduced me to Trailhead and the community and got me involved there. But and that that's really what drove my passion for the platform. But what was it on your side? Was it a project that you worked on? Was it somebody that you worked with? What was it that sparked your passion and your drive to learn more about Salesforce and really transition your career into more of that Salesforce-focused drive? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely not Salsa, but initially, this was, was now you know, 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, I was a uh, a strategy intern at a, another community bank in Florida. And I was doing a rotation around the department. So they had marketing, there was a process improvement area, IT was under strategy area, and there was also a commercial planning department. And I was in the commercial planning rotation at the time working on just understanding the renewal process and creating some, some reports for the renewal process in Excel. And I happened to be in the private wealth area of the bank, and I saw a dashboard of email metrics on the screen. And you know, lo and behold, that was Salesforce. Now it's my introduction to Salesforce. So I asked, I was like, you know, what is this tool? Is that a bank tool? Because I'm creating this report in, in Excel, literally on a weekly basis, and it's very, very manual. And that looks like I can automate what I'm doing with Salesforce. So I asked for access, and they gave it to me. It was, uh, it was just used in, in one small area for uh, marketing communications. And with a little bit of Google searching, I, I ended up creating, creating a, a, a batch job on my computer of the, of the raw information uh, and creating a dashboard that looked very much like my Excel, actually better. This is on Sales Cloud. And I, I displayed that. And a few months later, the whole bank started using it to understand where their 
what renewals they had coming due. And then that really just snowballed into building out a loan workflow on the, on the platform, building out a deposit workflow on the platform, and really bringing the majority of the bank onto sales cloud. This was even before financial services cloud uh, was around. And we think a couple of years into it, we talked to Encino and they had four customers at the time. So it's pretty amazing, you know, where the industry has come as a whole in, in 10 years. Pretty fascinating to see that. And Mark, when you talk about the dashboards and some of those cool things you build, I mean, that's always part of it. But what I always think people underestimate is the amount you have to champion this and enable and, and do change management with different people, whether they're individual users or managers or leaders in the in the organization. Can you talk a little bit about the effort you made to help show them some of the ways they could help manage or enable their business with some little enhancements and things like that in the platform? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I was really lucky in the position I was in because I got exposure to walking into sales team meetings, to credit meetings, and just sitting and observing and being on my laptop, you know, the Salesforce sandbox and sometimes even even production. Uh, not, not anymore, but making changes, doing developments, and just listening and getting feedback. I think the people that do it really well, as you guys know, are the, the ones that really understand the business how it works, what the business strategy is going into how everyone is going to develop the operating model. And if you're building towards that and building features that directly impact that, you're going to create a lot of value. A lot of times I've seen people build something that's misaligned with that. Maybe it's too complicated or too far out and that doesn't add a lot of value. So listening, getting feedback and and building has definitely been um, the, the main driver of the success I've had in, in, in this area. I would say visibility was one thing that drove adoption in the beginning. So a lot of banks, they don't have great reporting or it's Barrett with Salesforce and you know data loader at the time. And now there's MuleSoft and APIs where you can automate this whole thing. Uh, you can create really a holistic view of the client within, within the dashboard. And that's very, very impactful to an organization. And then the question becomes after that, it's like, all right, well, how do you provide more value? How do you operationalize this information? So if you're seeing your deposit account fluctuations uh, within Salesforce, what do you do to either mitigate this or uh, create a plan or, uh, around contacting these clients? Or if loan renewals are coming due, you know, how do I ensure that none of them are going to go past maturity date? So you start build, building features that solve or what you're seeing in the data and what you're hearing from lines of business. And uh, you keep that feedback loop moving and you'll, you'll create something pretty impactful for the organization. Yeah, I really like that. It's, it's one of the things that we talk about a lot is that you spend a lot of time building in all these features, all this functionality and all these efficiencies, but they don't tend to focus a lot on the change management and what's in it for me to really drive that adoption. So I like hearing about some of the ways you worked that in and some of the ways you've approached that in the past. Going back a couple couple minutes, you were talking about it. it you know, brought back a lot of memories for me, how you started with that Excel document. And you're trying to build this report on Excel, and you saw this nice dashboard or this nice report on the screen. You're like, hey, what's that? Well, that's Salesforce. And mm-hmm. that's how I know JP remembers it. That's how the two of us really got started with Salesforce is that we had the tool at a bank and we just walked around to different departments and shadowed them. And we always asked the question, what are you doing in Excel? 
because we can take that and we can automate a lot of it and build a lot of efficiencies into it. And that's really what drove the the adoption of Salesforce and growing Salesforce at the bank where you're at prior to Silverline. And that brings me to ask, what is, if you had to pick out a project or some task that you did, something you did and solved with Salesforce that really like opened your eyes and really helped drive transformation and one of your prior roles, what is one of those projects that you could call out that like really drove, had, had a big impact on the organization? There's a few, but the initial one that I was describing was really impactful because you know we were going from not having much visibility to having a lot of visibility. So that was that was one that had a huge impact throughout the organization and building out really a, a streamlined workflow where everyone was using one workflow layer rather rather than the core system token accounts or something custom that was built on the tool was my first very, very impactful project. That was actually pretty special to me because initially I was kind of an army of one talking with Salesforce at Premier Support, you know, before before my, my team got built out. And we, we pretty much built a you know a small light version of you know financial services cloud but you know really before financial services cloud came out and then i would say the second one was the institution that i was at previously to join silverline was with financial services cloud and the external asset functionality was really really impactful to drive sales growth and increase share fall throughout the organization so we had mealsoft at this bank as well and we connected Neosoft to our Encompass 1003 database, and we also connected it to our BSA database, which housed our beneficial ownership information, which had also the information, income information as well, right? So we utilized that to understand our, our clients better and create an experience where all that information went into Salesforce and we could better service and cross-sell these clients and expand share of wallet. I've always worked at institutions that were mainly commercial-focused, so that bank commercial businesses and also the, the owners of those businesses. So having a full relationship view and a, a product suite of fiber products and commercial products was always the driver of you know, really the bottom line of the bank and being able to enable sales growth through Salesforce and leveraging data and not to mention, you know, the change management aspect of what's in it for me. Well, you, you tell a banker, hey, I have all this information about your clients and I'm going to give you a prioritized lead list of uh, who you should be contacting so that you can hit your goals for the year. That was a pretty big what's in it for me for, for them. Uh, so, we built out, you know, one, the the feature set within Salesforce to do that, but also the change management orchestration of coaching the RM to go into Salesforce to how to contact the client, um, yeah, how to, you know, use this new functionality. And then that drove a lot of sales growth for that organization. And that was, yeah, that, that was a pretty big one. And also we, we leveraged the householding functionality within Financial Services Cloud to create an, an algorithm in our data warehouse that clusters clients together automatically. You know, a lot of banks, they household manually, right? Or semi-automatically in core, maybe personal consumers are put together via the same address or businesses are put together via signers. 
this did everything together and it really created a Elliot has, you know, has a, has a bakery, uh, he owns 50%, JP owns 50%. And both your families also bank with bank displayed all of that really, really in one page, which was pretty impactful to the organization. So we did that outside of the system um, and then put it into Salesforce uh, to display. And that was pretty big as well. And Salesforce, you know, catches catches up so quickly to industry needs now with 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 Arc. It, there's that functionality there already, um, so it's, it's nice to see. Well, what's great about that story, like, I, yeah, the Salesforce aspect is really cool, and there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. But I, I think what people tend to get blocked on is like understanding the business need of what the data needs to be architected like in order to tell the story or manage the right things or the right next steps or the overall view of the relationship. And it, we're not talking about anything overly complex or difficult to do in the system. It just comes down to knowing the data the organization has, where it is, and, and how you can start to pull common threads together in order to architect it the right way to interact with it or tell the story in the platform. So I find clients struggle with that often until we get in and start engaging. And, and Elliot, I know you and I dealt with this before, but when it comes to the data that's coming out of core or maybe data finance is using or data coming out of a marketing system, like it all exists. It might be in one of the analyst SQL databases, but maybe it's not in the data warehouse or it's not as widely known. But starting to dive into that and figuring out how to connect some of those important linkage data points to, to show that architecture is, is not overly complex it's more of an exercise of working with the business on what do they need and why do they need it yeah and providing you know a report or some information within a small piece of the data set is is always really important right so for us like when, when we did this we took you know a couple really complex relationships downloaded this is the only time i you know i use excel these days is downloaded that into excel and then created that model and really verified what that would look like and then created, you know, we use tools, you know, like Miro to create the whole workflow of what it would look like, you know, across using uh, Salesforce and then the arm going to reaching out to the client, that whole end-to-end customer journey. And once that is validated with the business by getting feedback from them, uh, then you go into the build. So we were able to really take, take a concept of, hey, this is a need, and be really agile and uh, our approach by just taking a small subset of something, working in a, in a very fast manner, and then going out and saying, "All right, well, this looks great. Let's go to implementation." And upon rolling this out, you know, if you do this various ways, you can uh, roll it out to a whole organization or a small pilot group. Um, really depends on on the bank and you know how they really how they absorb change. Everyone's a little, a little bit different there. So, Mark, you were talking about earlier when you, during your introduction, your role now, Chief Digital Officer, Amherst Bank. What is it that you like most about your role now? What is what are some of the things that you're going to be focusing on in the near future and the long term that makes you the most excited? That gets you up in the morning and you're excited to you know make your drive into work. Yeah, our goal right now is to create a connected experience, and that is from an ATM all the way to servicing the client and onboarding a client or walking into a branch and creating an experience for the teller, talking to the client, and then onboarding that client and then servicing them through digital channels. We want every part of our digital infrastructure to have relevant information about the client and and the client being able to self-serve wherever they need. In addition to if they want to talk to a human, 
again, we're we're a commercially focused private bank, so services is very important to us. But we also want to give clients the tools needed to uh, to service themselves digitally if they would like. So orchestrating that and and building that out really end to end is 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 the most exciting part because you're not only you know touching the the core onboarding of deposits, onboarding of loans, but every other aspect of where a customer looks at from online banking to ATMs, uh, which is, that's that's quite exciting to create a holistic experience like that. So Mark, I'm sure you've been following along with some of the the new things coming out with Salesforce. I know we had talked about some of the velocity tools being included in, in Financial Services Cloud a few months ago. When it comes to the overall Salesforce platform, how much of that are you kind of leaning into to support some of this transformation? And um, we know there's other technologies and fintechs out there, obviously, that can complement a lot of this. But what are, what are you looking to kind of the Salesforce tool set to help you solve? And what are you most excited about with some of the new enhancements and releases coming? Yeah, yeah, that's you have Velocity, you know, DPA, that's it's a great tool. And data analytics is also under the digital transformation umbrella. So we'll, we'll be leveraging uh, CRM analytics for a lot of, the next best actions and understanding our client, but DPA for for an onboarding tool for needs assessment and in, in the private areas is going to be quite impactful to the organization. And it's great because it, it's such a powerful tool, and it's just you know scratching the surface still that we're looking at it to grow in its maturity at Amarin, utilizing that functionality to build out deposit and, you know, small business funding workflows um, uh, within Salesforce. And and also, you know, we're looking into this, but, you know, I think Slack is a, is, is a great tool, obviously, for collaboration. Uh, and just like Financial Services Cloud years ago really disrupted the financial services industry, I think Slack will, and NDPA is going to do the same. And that's quite exciting to see. Yeah, it's something I'm messing around with more and more is uh, the capabilities within Slack, and it's it's just growing with every Salesforce release now that Salesforce you know owns it and has acquired it. Uh, that was one of the things we saw at the banking summit uh, a few weeks back. Is during that Slack presentation is all the customization and all the capabilities that Slack brings if you pair it with Salesforce, pair it with Financial Services Cloud, uh, building out those workflows, building out those the automation and efficiencies that Slack's able to bring so that you can communicate across different lines of business, communicate when, you know, a client does, you know, one action and we need to alert somebody else or another department just to build that collaboration and that, you know, these efficiencies across those lines of business. It's something that I've my, myself, I've been diving into over the last few weeks since I saw that presentation to really see what is possible. What can Slack bring? Absolutely. Again, it's just scratching the surface. So I think we're we're, we're both going to learn together, and you know, Salesforce is is going to develop, and yeah, you know, we're we're going to you know also push help push the the roadmap there, and that's exciting. I think that's what's special about this space is it's so customizable, and the the industry is, is so so small that we can all really learn from each other. Um, and everyone kind of rises with the with the tide when we make leaps and bounds. All right, absolutely. Mark. Now I have what my my last question for you, Mark, is now that you're back to driving into the office. You know, I listen. <laughs> I'm a podcast guy. I listen to a lot of different podcasts when I'm like running, when I'm working out, when I'm sitting here in front of my computer and just doing heads heads down work. When you're driving in or 
working out or anything, is there any podcast or anything that you know is related to the Salesforce industry or financial services industry, any kind of podcast or books that you're reading, listening to? Definitely not reading when you're driving into the office. At least I hope not. Maybe you have one of those self-driving Teslas. I don't know. But is there anything that you're listening to or you tune into regularly other than the Transcending CRM podcast that you want the listeners to know about? Well, I'll be listening to this podcast now. Absolutely. Uh, but but when I'm driving, uh, I actually just like to think about problems and just kind of enjoy the drive. I live in Miami, so it's, it's very... You have to have a lot of patience uh, to drive. So I'm if if I'm listening to a podcast, it's usually you know like Dan Carlin, like Hardcore History, or Beyond the Grid. It's F1 podcast, but I do follow uh, Salesforce Ben, and I think that blog is 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 quite good. And I also listen to the Goldman podcast just to keep up with like what's happening within the financial industry. So not many Salesforce related podcasts, but you know, be happy to hear a couple of recommendations. I just do the Advents podcast regularly. That's one that's my main Salesforce podcast. That good day, sir. I didn't know you listened to hardcore history. I also do. That's what that was my first major in college. I was a history major for three years. So I'm very much into that. And that's that's one of the podcasts that I do listen to myself. Maybe for, for another day, but I mean, Elliot said first major in three years. So I'm just, is it 12 years of college, eight majors? Five. At some Five. Point. I redshirted my first year for wrestling and competed the next four. But yeah, they, you know, Mount St. Joe, they introduced uh, sport management one in a senior year. So I was like, well, I want to do that. So let's switch. <laughs> Wait, you have five majors? No, I said five, five years in college because I redshirted my first year. But then I was a, I was a history major and I, you know, did all the classes for history. I was going to be a history teacher, but I decided like, you know, if I don't like teaching, what can I do with that? And Mount St. Joe introduced sport management and I made the switch to that because it came with a minor in business. And now I work with Salesforce. So, you know, it's, it has a lot to do with history. It's a lot of things in common. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I'm an economics major, so uh, there's not much correlation there either. The really cool thing about Salesforce, there's so many different resources out there. There's there's Salesforce support. There's a number of blogs. There's LinkedIn community groups. You know, there's Twitter groups. So there's a lot of information out there. Uh, if you want to do something within the platform, if you have a question or you know, or a problem, you know, people are very very willing to help, and that definitely helped me early in my career to go out to these groups when I didn't really, I wasn't really connected in the community. So it was definitely helpful. Well, that's perfect. I was going to say the last question I was going to ask is what would what tips would you give somebody who's trying to pick up some of this or kind of follow in your footsteps in terms of being an analyst or someone kind of trying to help out a business unit to learn more about the platform and the tools out there nowadays are are amazing. I know I remember spending nights and weekends watching YouTube videos seven, eight years ago, trying to learn how to build some dynamic content marketing cloud and automations in Salesforce. So times have changed. Yeah, absolutely. I would say you always want to understand your customer, right? So whether you're in an organization and you're focused on, you know, commercial banking or the servicing center or marketing or whatever the area of the bank is, or maybe it's multifaceted, go out and, and speak to someone in that role and ask them what they what they really care about. And, you know, Salesforce is, is already implemented or another CRM is already implemented or, or a tool that helps uh, onboard products and service clients 
Um, ask them what they like about it. Ask them what they don't like about it. Ask them what things that, that they do manual. And that would help you ask better questions and then give you ideas to implement uh, and, and close those gaps for them uh, within the, the Salesforce platform. The Salesforce platform has so much, as you're saying, uh, JP, out of the out of the box because you know they've they've they've, they've done this exercise. They've talked to the clients, they've talked to banks, and and really built uh, really great functionality to to serve these needs. So now it's it's helping contextualize uh, that so it's specific to the organization you're at, and then you know do a lot of trailheads. You know, have you know a sandbox where you're you're, you're building out workflows like work with EPA. That's that's definitely a, a big you know component of, of the future of Salesforce. I think at least understand data. I would say you know take a couple SQL courses to really understand how to simply display information. A lot of people think that hey, well, I'll just put this information on a dashboard and hey, let's look at it, but there's there's a little bit of an art to that, right? So you want to make the information consumable and readable and, and, and organized. So you're looking at it in, in a very simplified manner that provides value to managers. And go out and you know do things like go to Dreamforce and connect with people. I think that's huge. Definitely not one thing. No, it was, it was great feedback. It's a, it's a lot of the stuff that I know all of us did when we first got into the, the ecosystem because it's a lot and it's always changing. And I mean, just like we were talking about the start of this podcast, winter 23 release notes came out yesterday and I've been diving into them because it it's always changing and combine that with, you know, we use Encino. So that has two releases a year and we use other, other tools that have releases. So it's always compounding on top of each other. And it's so hard to keep up with all of it, especially if you're brand new to Salesforce. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. So you got to have those resources. You got to have, you know, people that, you know, you pick as your own champion that or a mentor or something that is going to help you, you know, stay in front of all this. That's always changing and, you know, help learn the system as somebody new. So that was great feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind the, the experience, right? So when you're talking to these people, how can you just improve their experience? Even if it's by 5%, this could be as simple as, Making a field required, or making a dropdown in a pick list uh, organized, that actually you know helps, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it could be it, it, it could be very little things, or it could be very large uh, transformational things. So I like to think of Salesforce as you know the sum of its parts, right? You know everything uh, has to be really optimized, to be really kind of I wouldn't say impactful, but to, to run like a well-oiled machine throughout the organization. However, when you implement Salesforce, as, as, as you both know, and for someone starting out in, in, uh, in this role, this is going to be a, a really big game changer for, for how everyone works. And then the fine tuning that you do will be hugely impactful as well, because they're, they're going to be using this tool every day. They live in it. You know, we, uh, in, in our roles, right, we're, we're architecting and, and we're configuring the system and we're in it from a different perspective, but you know, thinking about the users and they're in it, you know, day to day doing their work and just getting one percent better, you know, every couple of weeks is is uh, is going to be very helpful to them um, over time. So 
little things and, and big things um, really, really will drive the needle. Well, thank you, Mark, for joining us today. Uh, we're going to let you go so you can make your drive into work now. No, no more <laughs> Zoom calls for you. Yeah, yeah. Fun drive. I'm a remote work for now. So uh, we're looking into the hybrid model. But uh, right now it's more better being in the office for us. But I do, I do miss that aspect. Not going to lie. Well, thank you again for joining us. It was great catching up and hearing more about your background and what you've been working on at Amherst Bank. I'm so look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thank you, Mark. Right, cheers. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. To learn more about Silverline, you can subscribe to the Silverline blog at silverlinecrm.com or follow on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook at Silverline, one word. Thanks for joining us.